Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. CPI numbers just out. Let's shoot straight over to CNBC, check out the details, and then I'll give you my thoughts. Are we going into more disinflation or are we seeing the next wave of consumer price inflation start to take off? Let's go right over to CNBC. And actually, let's start with this video from Rick Santelli. He's going to pretty much summarize what we need to know. And then we will discuss. It is 8.30 Eastern. Headline number is up one-tenth of a percent, which is a bit hotter than expected. We are looking for a second month reading of zero. Last month's reading of zero was the best read since May of 2020 when it was down one-tenth. X Food and Energy up three-tenths as we discuss. That makes sense because of gasoline prices, of course, uh, being down on the headline, but obviously not down enough. Up three tenths uh, in the rearview mirror, it was up two tenths. Uh, you know, we had two three tenths in a row in August and September. Uh, then in October, it moved down to two tenths. So the annualized rate is not going to move lower. The three month was 3.4, the six month was 3.2. They're not going to breach that 3% on these numbers. Uh, now let's look at year over year. Year over year, 3.1, exactly as expected, one tenth lighter than 3.2. The Best we had was June of this year at 3.0. That was the best since March of 2021. And if you strip out food and energy, it's up 4%, exactly the same as our last read. And the last read and this read, well, they're the best since May of 2021 when it was 3.9. Okay, so he's talking about the best. Uh, I would assume he's referring to the lowest uh, because he's in his world, uh, you know, if the Fed achieves their objective, that, that's what's quote-unquote best. So uh, not really surprising uh, too much. Uh, what I would say is that it's consistent with the view that we've had on this channel, that once we got down to around 3%, uh, my view, my base case was that it would fluctuate a little bit, but you're not going to see a big move higher or lower until we have some sort of catalyst. So on the, the going lower side, that catalyst would be the stuff hitting the fan, uh, a recession, a hard landing what the inversion of the yield curve is predicting. What you usually see is the we start to see the numbers soften dramatically, uh, which makes it obvious that we are in or headed into a recession. And then the Fed drops rates. Once they drop rates for the first time, not all the way down, but just that first time, then the data gets very, very poor. And if we're going to have a crisis, that's when we usually see it. And that's when you get the biggest decline in the stock market. And after that, regardless of what they do, regardless of what their stimulus package is or whatever the central planners do as far as uh, fiscal or monetary policy, you do see disinflation, significant disinflation. You saw that in 2020, and we saw outright deflation in 2009. So my worldview, my base case is that we will have a hard landing, and that's why I would predict that we're going to continue to have disinflation, deflation, but not really, it's not going to be significant until we see that unemployment rate go up and everything that you would expect to see in a GFC, let's say 2.0 type scenario, even though this time it's not going to play out exactly like the GFC, but the uh, dynamics I think will be similar as far as the decrease in the stock market, decrease in asset prices, liquidity dries up. It's pretty much every single cycle that we see, the same things play out, but the catalyst 
is usually quite a bit different. So then on the other side, you know, what would be the catalyst that would drive inflation a lot higher? I think it's just a repeat of what we saw in 2020. Now, you know, who knows? Would the government do a shutdown or a lockdown again? It's above a 0% probability. I mean, if you would have asked me in 2019 if they would ever do what they did in 2020, I would have said no. I would have told you that you're you're crazy. And I, I'm one for, you know, that's known for having kind of ideas that are on the fringe. <laughs> Let's say. And even I would have said back in 2019 that, yeah, probably not going to happen. The United States government, the whole world's government going to lock everyone in a cage. Very, very unlikely. But we saw it happen. So could it happen again? Sure. But whatever, you know, it could be World War Three. It could be what we see in the Middle East. We could see that escalate. Or whatever's happening with Russia, Ukraine, or NATO, or we, it, we, the whole world right now is a geopolitical powder keg. There's no denying that. So anything could trigger an event where the supply chains are disrupted to the same degree to which they were disrupted during the Cerveza sickness. And we saw something similar during World War II. So that is uh, something we could see play out. And then the government's response to that is going to be you know, CARES Act 2.0. And if they did $5 trillion the last time, especially if we start to see uh, disinflation under 2%. And then if we get that first quarter, like we did in 2009, of deflation, I think they're going to go right back to, to the, the, the game plan that they had prior to uh, this inflation in the first place. And that's this massive fiscal, which combined with the supply chain disruption, I think could increase prices, not forever, but take us to that next wave up. And then just like we saw before, we'll most likely have another wave down, very similar to what we saw in the 1940s. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate, and Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Let's get back to some specific details here. We see this chart. This uh, tells you what the CPI has done recently, going back to 2021. All items less food energy is this blue dotted line, and all items is the, the solid line that we have here. So the solid line, if you didn't hear Rick, it's down to 3.1%. That's headline CPI. And this dotted line, which I think is a number of the Fed's claims to pay the most attention to, that is 4%, pretty much flat, relative to last month. So here's what's interesting here. Shelter prices, which make up about one-third of the CPI weighting, increased 
0.4% on the month, and we're up 6.5% year over year. Now, as you guys know from watching my videos, this doesn't mean that housing itself is up. It's just this subjective metric they have where supposedly they call people and ask them what they would rent their house for. And based on the answers they get from people, that's how they determine what the housing prices are or the, the cost of housing. So the, what do they call it? The um, official title is owner's equivalent rent. And again, completely subjective. So I don't put a lot of weight into that, but we got to analyze it because it's 33% of the overall CPI. So it's a big, big deal. So if we would not have had the 0.4 increase, you know, we probably would have seen prices actually go down month over month. So now they're summarizing here. After hiking 11 times since March of 2022, policy makers are expected to signal that policy tightening is over with the next step likely being cuts at a still predetermined pace. So here's where my view really differs from the mainstream. Their opinion or the narrative they like to push is that now that inflation is coming back down and we're obviously the economy is still doing well, then the Fed can start to drop rates because we don't want these, these high interest rates that are just potentially going to crush the economy and create unemployment if we don't have to have them. But my rebuttal to this is right now, interest rates are not at 20%. What I mean by that is they're not high. In fact, they're just average. So if interest rates right now are average, and if the economy is running on all eight cylinders, if the economy isn't sick, if we shouldn't be worried about the fundamentals of the economy, and if inflation is coming down, then why would you drop rates? The answer is you wouldn't. So what we would see in that case is the 10-year treasury yield and the 30-year treasury yield going up, 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 up to a point where the curve was no longer inverted. This is how we know that this time, as far as the inversion of the curve, is different and that we will likely have a no landing or soft landing. It's if the long end of the curve, the yields go up. But right now we see them doing the opposite. We see them going down. So what the market is doing, it's giving the Fed the middle finger and saying, sure, yeah, or the mainstream media. They're saying, sure, you can just go on and on and on with this no landing, soft landing type of narrative. But at the end of the day, the Fed isn't going to cut rates because they can, the Fed is going to cut rates because they have to. So the signal that the bond market is sending you mainstream media, just FYI, is a signal from the health of the economy. It's not a prediction on what the Fed is going to do. You're, you're getting the order switched here, you see? So the, the, what they're saying is the market is predicting that the Fed is going to cut rates, right? But they're, the, they're assuming that the market is predicting that the Fed is going to cut rates and produce a soft landing because they think the Fed controls the economy. When in reality, the economy controls what the Fed does. And if the market is saying that rates are going to be lower, that's because the economy itself is extremely unhealthy. Now let's go over to the CNBC homepage. Actually, I think now I've got to... No, we can still see it because you're oh, on you the can? Tab. Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's go to the CNBC homepage and look at how assets are responding. First, we got bond. Okay, so bond yields are up slightly since this morning, but pretty much flat from yesterday. So no dramatic change there. We have got the Dow pretty much flat. Yeah, nothing um, really going on that's too extreme. 
Now, oil, we've got under $2 a barrel. Oil is actually down 3% today. So it's having a hard time staying above $70. So this is a big deal. This is basically confirming what we see in the yield curve, where it's predicting that even with these supply cuts, or you know, they say that this is happening because of supply cut doubts, but let's keep in mind that it's not like they haven't cut supply already. It's just additional supply cuts. So you got to ask the question, based on demand, where would the price be without any of the supply cuts that OPEC Plus has put into place? I mean, we'd probably be hovering around 50, 55, something like that. So even with these supply cuts that we've seen, we still see oil trading under 70 and on a downward trajectory from 93, 94, call it just straight down. I mean, bam, that is an a crash on a chart right there from 94 straight down to sub 70. So again, what this tells us is that future demand expectations for oil are collapsing. And this is in light of the supply cuts. So if energy is the economy, which it absolutely is, if the market is predicting less energy use, then by definition, they're expecting the economy to contract or expecting economic output to decline. All right, guys, main takeaway there is I think we're still in this holding pattern with the CPI, probably fluctuate 3.5 down to 2.5, kind of go back and forth here until we get the next catalyst. I think that catalyst is going to be a hard landing, which will see further disinflation. The Fed will hit their target, but it won't be because they won't be, uh, it won't happen the way they want it to happen, right? They want it to just come down like butterfly with uh, sore feet. <laughs> it was that Muhammad Ali that used to say that. But uh, unfortunately, it's probably going to come down like a, a <laughs> like a duck that just got shot with a 12-gauge <laughs> on a hunting trip or something like that, <laughs> crashing down. Uh, that's most likely the disinflation that we'll get that will take it under 2%. And that will force the Fed to take rates down. So the rates will go down because the Fed has to, not because they want to take them down. And that's going to be the next catalyst. But that'll take us to the next wave of the consumer price inflation. If you want a visual on this, guys, just pull up a chart of inflation of the 1940s. And I think that is exactly how this is going to play out over the next few years. All right. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.